the 2019 NBA Champions. Repping everywhere I go. Everybody from the cold. This is where we call it home. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Terp, the Untitled Raptors Podcast, Episode 3 of the season. Uh, Akshay, how's it going? Beautiful week in yes. Raptorland, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, would have been more beautiful if they come, came out with the win last night, but... But the best they could have done last night with what they had. Um, I am watching the Knicks versus the Bulls right now with you because that's the only game that is currently not in halftime while we're taping. <laughs> what, how our lives have gone downhill now. Uh, so bad. So bad. What are they? Are they both like two and eight teams or whatever? Remember when uh, people were picking them to make the playoffs? The Bulls? Remember when they were actually like legitimate? Like both teams were actually pretty in, in, in playoff contention i think that was in the 90s no one remembers mm, that. i mean yeah no no no. early 2010 when carmelo first got there and they had rose they were both good teams but Car- the carmelo was there for, i think the carmelo experiment in the playoffs happened like two i think he went to playoffs two or three times i think that's about it with the knicks maybe yeah. twice yeah. yeah he didn't get past the first round i think he's only been to conference finals once in his career and that was with denver Oh, what an unfortunate man. I guess he's never going to get a shot at the NBA again. Uh, RJ Barrett, 18.7 of 12 shooting. Oh, I like that. I like that. And then you have Taj Gibson taking jumpers out of nowhere. It's uh, ridiculous. Team of power forwards. Team of power forwards. That's it. Anyways, enough about the Knicks versus Bulls. Are we ready to talk Raptors today? We are. We're excited, man. This has been a uh, interesting late late night weeks. You know, like we've been staying up late to watch these games. No. Screws up your damn sleeping schedule. I know, ruin my sleep schedule. The thing is, like, especially uh, so once they when they lose, I'm not as hyped. But when they win, like the Lakers game when they won, I was so hyped. I wanted to like and and Raptors.com takes forever to release the post game interviews now. Like I have to go to sleep. It's ridiculous. I agree. Raptors.com, you better pick it up. Uh, we yeah. want to see post game right away. Yeah, you, I don't know why they're slower. They used to be much quicker, and now they're. They used to do it on YouTube, then they stopped that. Now they now they're slow on their website. What's going on, guys? Come on, when do we, it's like the uh, the next day has happened, and then you release the the interviews, and then we don't care at that point. Yeah, that's true. The Kawhi effect. This is what it is. Yeah. Everything slows down now, right? That's what it is. Man. Anyway, so let's get through the games because there's a lot this week. We last time we taped was four games ago. Um, the first game was Kings. Uh, that was that was. Here, in Toronto. What did you think of? What did you think of that game? Uh, that 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 was. I think what I liked about that game, just give you one thing, was OG. I loved OG, man. His hustle, his everything about him. He was shooting some threes. The Kings dominated on that three ball thing, but I, I, I'll not. I don't want to go too deep into that. But the Raptors were on point. OG played really well. Kyle Lowry played really well as well. OG. So get this. OG Anobi has been shooting fifty three percent from three this season. That's pretty good. Uh, last season, it was unsustainably 40%. good. <laughs> yeah, but even last last season, it was thirty percent. And do you remember when I was harping on the fact that he should not be shooting corner threes at all? 
Mm-hmm. I was, I think I was like pretty average because his average was a 28% from corner three. I was like, do not shoot that corner yeah, three. Yeah. He's shooting 58% from corner three now, right? Small sample size, but it's pretty, uh, pretty awesome to see that someone like jump, uh, hop, like, take that field goal percentage up to another level. I mean, Pascal was like shooting 45% from three and that thing dropped to like yeah, 29% yeah. in like two games. <laughs> I know, but the volume he takes him at. Um, if he can even, like if OG can stay around high 30s, you know, hopefully low 40s, he's like actually fully replaced Danny Green. He's a better defender. Um, he can do a little bit more than Danny off the dribble because Danny couldn't do anything off the dribble. And if he shoots the three just as you know at the high 30s or low 40s they pretty much like he's pretty much taken that role and and surpassed it um so that's that would be great like if if you told me in the start of the season that that's what we'd get out of OG I'd been really happy so let's hope he keeps it going cuz he's playing awesome right now now I don't really want to put a ceiling on him anymore cuz he's just been getting better and better and better till Kwai took his eye out um revenge <laughs> of the Kwai but uh but we'll see. We'll see. I that game. I that game was weird because I actually thought like the Raptors had full control of that game. The Kings just kept making threes and kept sticking around because of that. And then Buddy when I looked Hill, at the man. Buddy Hill. yeah, when I looked at the box score, they made twenty. And so for fun, I looked up how many teams have made twenty threes and lost a game. And it's only been twenty in the last in the in the history of the NBA, which is obviously not much. But the funny thing is, nineteen of them are in the last two years. <laughs> The Golden State uh, offense, that's what it is. Golden State and Houston offense. Yeah, you shoot threes even if sometimes you play the law of averages, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's a lot of threes to make to lose a game. They, they scored uh, 60 points on threes. That's just, that was half their points they scored on threes. So you should win those games. But anyways, it feels like forever ago. This week was so exhausting watching the games. If it, like The last two games were so playoff intense that the Kings game feels like it was like three, four weeks ago. Um, Friday at Pelicans. This is where we lost our Abaka and Lowry. We lost for... our fearless leader, Lowry. Yes, yes. What did and you think of that game? I was mourning the loss of Lowry, and I was mourning the loss of Mafuzi Chef, 100% pure, uh, from the motherland, Serge Ibaka. So, still styling with the boot on, though. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's uh, half the time when he... Uh, He's on the bench. He's jumping up and down. I'm like, yo, isn't that bad for your ankle? Like, <laughs> like well, why, are you, why are you celebrating? Just just sit down. We need you back to oh, get those yes, boards, right? Uh, but let's go to Pelicans. Pelicans game, uh, Siakam just dominated this one. 44 points, showed out, balled out, right? Right after La- Lowry and Ibaka didn't – I think they, Lowry got injured in this, the first quarter but played through the second quarter. He even hit like a couple of threes after that too. So yeah, I don't yeah. know how this guy does this. And then he's like, you know what? It's not worth it because A, it's the Pelicans, and B, it's the Pelicans. Yes, and and then C, they found out that it wasn't just like a. He thought that he just like hurt his nail bed or something, and it was actually a small fracture. So luckily, no surgery. Um, so it looks like it can heal in place, which is great because surgery always always means that it's going to be more time, especially this week, man. Hayward went out, Middleton went out. Um, Anybody else that I'm missing? Yeah, I feel Darian, like... uh, Fox. Oh, Darian Fox went out. It's crazy week for injuries. Yeah. Uh, and then both the Simmons just came out. Horford's out for the for the Sixers too. Simmons just came back. Yeah, oh. Simmons just came back. So 
so lots of injuries. Um, so hopefully, hopefully they stop because everybody hates injuries. Uh, we, but if you want to prevent injuries, you could just do load management. We will talk about that later. God bless load management. What a, what a, what a topic. What a topic. <laughs> uh, my only takeaway from the, this game are the Pelicans. Like now we've seen the Pelicans twice. And the first day, the Raps were hyped and, and like they didn't play really well when they got out of the gate, which we expected because it was so like emotional. Um, but they're not good. Like even if, even if uh, Zion Williamson comes and joins them, which by the way, I think Zion Williamson is going to be the first rookie to be load managed his entire career <laughs> because his body just does not look like it can handle playing 82. Um, but many, yeah, no, I just, I don't think they're very good. I, I don't even think, I think they're overrated already. Let me ask you this. How many, how many games do college players play in a year? I think it's 35 or something. 35, right? And you play. Yeah, and they're shorter games. They're shorter, shorter games. games. And all of a sudden you're going into this, you're, you're going to 82 games in a season with Zion Williamson body, with the traveler, with everything in there. Like that's, that's, that's tough. That's not easy. Like your body breaks down, especially now granted they have all the facilities that you can to take yeah. care of your body and like the best medical and training staff that exists. However, the Pelicans, I'll tell you one good thing about the Pelicans was Brandon Ingram. I think Brandon Ingram is a fun player to watch. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he always looks high when he's playing. Like oh, he's <laughs> he's always like he's like zoned out high or something. So who knows? Maybe Ingram's smoking that smoking that joint and it's working for him. Good for Ingram. Yeah. He got the he got the gummy. We we'll, we can talk about that later oh. too. <laughs> <laughs> the right. gummy Lakers. Uh, so the Lakers game, man. I had no faith in this game. I was like, I remember messaging you saying, like, I I haven't felt in a long time the Raptors being this overmatched in a game because I just thought the starting lineup will be able to hang. Like, I know you don't have Lowry, but they'll you know normal come in, they'll be able to hang. But but once those guys have to sit, I don't know what what the bench is going to do against. LeBron and Anthony Davis. I was like, <laughs> like Chris, Chris Boucher is going to guard Anthony Davis. The funny thing is, Chris Boucher did a good job guarding Anthony Davis, actually. Um, and credit to Nick Nurse. It's kind of an interesting tactic. Now, we saw it twice with both the LA teams. Is He heavily, heavily traps the star players. And he really says... And, and it's kind of interesting with these LA teams in particular because the drop-off from the star players to the other players is pretty drastic. Right, so you can scramble and you can get back, and so the fact that they held LeBron to what, like eleven points or something, yeah. that game. Even though he got his triple double or whatever, but still, LeBron getting eleven points, you've done something good. Um, they, they, and, they were really forcing other players to make the shot. They forced Danny Green to take some odd shots. They forced yeah. uh, Quinn to make some odd, well, odd shots. Kuzma as well. Kuzma made some tough uh, some threes yeah. in the end. But yeah. they're really getting the ball out of LeBron's hand. And LeBron, granted, is an unbelievable facilitator, right? So it's pretty good to see as well. So it, it, it was amazing defense. Like, I thought the defense was phenomenal. And yeah. just amazing schemes. Like, I couldn't I – could, like, it was very, very aggressive. Um, and, and we'll talk about it in the, when we talk about the Clippers game. But that game, too, the, the schemes are crazy aggressive. Like, that was Nick Nurse saying, you guys are going to trap – and then you guys are going to bust your ass to get back and, and cover the three-point line. Like, that's our scheme. And, and they did it the whole game. They, they were spent. There was a reason they were spent at the end of the Clippers game. But 
it gave them a chance, right? So um, the bench mob, the new bench mob, whatever, third bench mob of, I guess the, what was the first, the first iteration of the bench mob was, was the uh, Patrick Patterson days. Yes, the Patrick Patterson, John Salmons. Oh, I can't remember. Um, Agrius Vasquez. Vasquez, yeah, yeah, that's and the then, first. And then, and then the it. second generation was was Pascal and Van Vliet and Delon yeah. Wright and Norm and those yeah. guys. Jacob, yep. And then now, let us hope there is a third bench mob with with Matt Thomas and Rondé Hollis Jefferson and uh, Chris Boucher. Uh, and I mean, Terrence let's see. Davis. And Terrence Davis, yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt Thomas, man, that guy can shoot. Holy moly. Dude, he, you know, Amar mentioned in our chat that he looks like, he shoots like Redick. He looks like Redick, and he also shoots like Redick, I'll tell you. That. It, it, like, he, he has a very fast release. Like, it's very fast. It's, he comes off a screen and just shoots it pretty, pretty, pretty fluidly, right? So he's got a really good shot about it. The only thing about him, I think you mentioned this as well, his defense is horrendous. Oh, my God, it was awful. It's painful to watch him in, on defense. But that being said, you can't you can win them all, right? I mean, he's a really, really good shooter. And uh, in that game, I, what I really liked was, I think, Nurse dialed it and went Rondé, Hollis, Jefferson, and TD to pick and pop. Like, pick and roll. Pick and roll, multiple, yeah. Multiple times. It was like, and it was like, it worked. And that's the amazing part. You're like, you got to be kidding me. You're trusting a rookie to go pick and pick and roll against the Lakers interior D and try to hit that really well, right? So uh, it worked really well. So good. That, that, was, that was a good good game plan by uh, Nurse and Cell. And then Chris Boucher and Freddie were steady. Steady Freddie and uh, bonjour, Chris, Chris Boucher. Bonjour. Yes, bonjour, Chris. Um, what did you think about the, the return of Voldemort? Oh, Voldemort return. You know, it was, uh, you know what got me? In the beginning of the game, they played this, like, I think Sportsnet or TSN, whichever, had, like, this tribute video or something of Voldemort. And uh, I remember the moments where I was when he hit those moments. And they were very emotional. <laughs> That's what it was. I remember. Was, well, we, we were together for many of those moments. Some of them were very good. Yes, that's true. And then there was one I remember watching. You know when he dunked over Giannis? And then he, he like limped off or something? I remember watching that on my phone in my basement at my home. And I was like going crazy with this. It was the best. Like, you know, these, these moments we remember of like iconic Raptor moments. You always remember where you watched it. Yes. Or where yes. you saw that. So anyways, that was we, good. We um, saw the four bounces at Union Social in North York. Uh, God bless Union Social. That's <laughs> going to like live with me forever. Uh, I think, okay, this is, this is my favorite thing about that game. What defense on Voldemort. Like it was phenomenal. Yeah. Like lockdown and they didn't even let him like, like go from mid-range or like or three from the three-point line. As soon as he got the ball across the half court, they're doubling him. And he, <laughs> that was ridiculous. As soon as he crossed the ball, they're doubling him. And he has to pass it to, like, Patrick Beverly. Bum-ass Patrick Be- Beverly can't even do anything half the time. Uh, they, he really can't shoot. He can't really drive that well. I don't know. He plays really good defense. That's about it. Uh, and it was pretty funny to see. And then I think I remember going, I'm like, this this Clippers team is trash otherwise. They, they, they don't have anyone who can, like... Like, you know, have that scoring touch, consistent scoring touch. Well, at least I didn't see it at all. Well, the only one was Lou. Like, you're going to get George, obviously, but Lou Williams, Lou yeah, Williams. George, and, and Kawhi are the three. Lou Williams is nuts. 
I know, but you know what the thing is? He gives it back on the other end. And so that, like, in the playoffs, those players don't scare me that much. When the, when it's the play, it's the Kuzma too, right? Like, Kuzma, yeah, he hit a couple of threes, but every time they switched on Kuzma. Did you see there was a stat that Pascal went 7-for-7 seven seven when guarded by Kuzma? Yeah. And you know, and so you give, it, you give it right back. So it's like these... This, this is amazing coaching, right? Like, you realize that who you got to make that switch really well. I think what what... Fred Van Vliet and Pascal do really well is next time watch the game. As soon as Pascal gets the mismatch, the ball is going to Pascal's end. He's calling for it. Freddie's getting that ball and it's the same. Like You know what's coming. You know that Afro shake, spin move, spinorama stuff is coming and it was and it comes with the mismatch. But what I did see in this game, I'll tell you what I didn't like is there is a way to guarding Pascal pretty easily. Tall interior D is is very, very troublesome for Pascal. Yeah. Like he's always it's the long it's the long like it's the Isaac model basically like Isaac um and so there are going to be guys like that but typically if he's got help he does okay it's just that there's just like the last two nights the load on F- Freddie and and Pascal just to like carry the team it's just unbelievable because you don't have anything else right you don't have anybody else norm is good and all that's but the load eventually goes on to those two guys so I think if they get some help, well, yeah. um, they'll be okay. The one, one, one thing about these guys is like I think the Raptors, I just want to overall wrap it up. Raptors transition offense has been phenomenal the last two games. Yeah. 25% of the plays were transition offense, which is really good. Now, in comparative average, Toronto runs 18% of their plays in transition. So like they've bumped it up just because you know the you don't have the half-court stability of Lowry and Ibaka for the pick and pop, right? So you've got to run and gun and try to get those quick buckets. Norm's in that, Freddie's in that, Pascal's in that. Those three three of them are like running gun type guys. Even Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher runs like he's got like looking for food or something. Uh, <laughs> the reason I say that, he needs to get food because he is so skinny. Uh, Chris Boucher. He's, he's what, 6'11", 200 pounds, man? No, he's 6'11", 140 pounds. All right, that's yeah. what he is. He's not like... Man, oh he, he held his own though. That block? Wow, that block was something. <laughs> the block is good, but then he got, I think, the falling position. The ball. Yeah. Hell just snatched the ball out of his hands. I know. Like it was, it, it was, so weak. It, it was a so key weak. rebound. You got to get the key rebounds. Uh, Boucher's, I think he's, he just needs some, like, I don't know, some creatine or mutant mass in him or some sort of like drugs or f- more food or something because the guy has a, amazing athleticism so i'm hoping he gets a little bit bigger and a little stronger over over the course of the season i don't think he is boucher's not young by the way he's very he's older for like uh a, a you know a guy who we consider a rookie he's yeah. he's born in 93 i'm just looking it up so he's 26 26 year old guy can't even get, yeah like, so he's not gonna get much he's not gonna change a whole lot but if he becomes even a good like bench piece for the next three years four years that's that's the best like he's He's a guy that is undrafted. You get you get an undrafted guy, you develop him into a, a consistent rotation player. That's great, right? You can't you can't expect you can't expect everybody to become friend Fred Van Vliet, right? That's true. Um, so you get him for for anything, it's good. Uh, I just quick analysis on this game for me. Uh, obviously, it was a really great game to watch. They played hard, but I was thinking, you know, you put George back and you put Ibaka, OG. Lowry and McCaw. I know you don't care for McCaw, but you put him back. And then uh, in a seven-game series, I don't. I don't know if the Raptors beat the Clippers, but I I have confidence watching last night's game 
that they could hang with the Clippers. And like if they beat them, it wouldn't be like the it wouldn't be like this huge upset. It would be an upset, obviously, but it wouldn't be some massive upset um, that I would be that I think would shock the NBA world or anything like that. I really think that they can hang with the Clippers. I think they can hang with the Lakers. I think they can hang with any really good team in the NBA. I don't know if they're going to win it all, um, but I think they can hang. And they they play hard enough that they're going to be in a lot of games this year with, yeah, against anybody. It was good basketball. Good basketball. Good four quarters of basketball in both those games, right? So can't complain. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, do the do the ad, Talib. It's snowing. It's minus 10 degrees, and you're sitting home alone with a cup of hot chocolate watching Die Hard or Jingle All The Way. Something about that scenario is just missing something. Yup, you guessed it. You need a cuddle buddy. Our friends at tinderphotography.ca are now doing indoor and outdoor shoots for all the dating apps. Bumble, Shadi.com, Coffee Meets Bagel, Hinge, way too many to name. However, further, if you message them now, they'll review your profile and they've got a subgroup of people who will tell you what picture works best for you. A focus group dedicated to you, helping you out getting the best photo out. Minimize the ambiguity. Get it done. Contact Photography.ca. You know, it's funny when you start doing the ad reads, there's, you know, the lines that show up when you're recording. The ad, your 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 lines become much smaller because you're talking much softer. It's beautiful, and much thing, more right? sensual, much more sensual when you do your ad reads. Well, you know what? Uh, Tinder photography pays us big bucks to be sensual. That's yeah. what right? They've 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 asked us strictly to portray the the beautiful essence of this product and this service that helps people find love. Love, because love, yes. Akshay is a powerful drug ah that is that is the when when you get married one day if this ever happens and i get to do a speech i'm just gonna go up i'm gonna say love is a powerful drug and i'm gonna drop the mic and walk off that is 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 gonna be my hope that's gonna be my (laughs) for anybody who doesn't know when we were in university that was talib's favorite line love is a powerful drug dude basketball i love basketball i'm hooked i'm I'm a druggie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, that is that is his love. All right, we haven't talked about the NBA a lot this year. Let's, do it. Um, let's talk about the NBA a little bit this week. Uh, so you put down a few topics you want to talk about. Tony Parker's retirement. I did not watch it, so you can tell me all about Tony Parker's retirement. I watched it. I watched it after. I love watching these retirement ceremonies. It's pretty awesome. Tony Parker retired. Finally, got his jersey retired. Uh, kind of makes it pretty awesome that you've got in the San Antonio era, Bruce. I don't know if you, you know, I'll put Bruce Bowen in the same era as well. Bruce Bowen, Tony Parker, Timmy D, Manu Ginobili all get their jerseys retired. Championship winning caliber team. Uh, the end of an era almost, right? So it's like now you've retired the jersey. This is it. Like it's done. What are your thoughts on Tony Parker? Do you think he was underrated as a point guard, overrated as a point guard? Thoughts? I think, I think he was like adequately rated. He was, he was a very good point guard on a very good team for many, many years. The the thing that I think outside of Tim Duncan, when you talk about Ginobili and, and Parker, um, I think that the biggest things about them, along with Duncan, is the longevity. They're, those three are the, the most wins of any trio in NBA history. I think they have 701 wins. So, like, just the longevity of three people 
to play together, first of all, stay committed to each other for that long. In the new NBA, if if teammates that are stars stay together for two years, it's shocking now. Uh, let alone them playing together for, what, 10 or 11 years together uh, and for the same franchise and get a 701 win. So uh, I think that is the greatest part of their legacy. They're not going to be ranked as like the top 50 players of all time or anything like that. Maybe Tim Duncan is, but the other two aren't. But the fact that they all stuck together and played for one team and had so many wins together for that single team and pretty much gave like 15 plus years of dominance to one city, that's awesome. So that's what I think is is great. And now their jerseys all hang beside each other in what is AT and T? What's the what's the stadium called there? I think it's AT. I don't even know actually. I don't even know. It's good right, the, the San Antonio Stadium where Demar does work now. Demar does work. You know what? What I've noticed is like they've always played the same style. So as in like their offensive game has been like that slow. Let's set it up type game. And Greg Popovich hasn't changed from that. And sometimes it makes you wonder that. Is he is he a bit too laggard for that? You know, like is he is he has he not adapted to the new NBA at all? Like he's said, you know what? I'm going to stick with like half court offense. My transition offense is going to be very low. I'm not going to try to run and gun because that's not what I know as coaching. Yeah, yeah, and uh, oh, one sec, one, one sec. My my mic went crazy there. Um, Anyways, okay, let's just go to the next one because we got so many to go through, Talib. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Dion Waiters, gummies. Oh, it's gummy gate. Gummy gate. All right, Dion Waiters had a panic attack? A panic attack after yes. having a gummy, a uh, cannabis-infused gummy af- on a team plane. And uh, he was suspended 10 games for this. But they asked him who gave him the gummy, and he wouldn't rat anyone out. James Johnson. There's no doubt in my mind it was James Johnson. It has to be James Johnson. Those Why guys would you say James Johnson just because he's gangster. He's the most gangster-looking guy. In yes, yes, and they're both overpaid role players who are barely playing on that team anymore. They're just cashing their checks in. They know they're just at cashing your checks in stage of their career. So it's James Johnson. That that team is good this year. Not because of the the role players, because of all the other guys like like Bam and Jimmy Butler and uh, Tyler Hero and who's that? Who's the rookie nun? Uh, those yeah, those guys are the reason that they're good this year. It's not because of Goran Dragic is the only overpaid role player that's actually playing, and he comes off the bench now for them. I'm, so I'm, I'm not saying James Johnson because I think that's racist, Akshay. <laughs> the whole All team right. is white or black. I'm going with Tyler Hero. All right, <laughs> Tyler Hero is scared for his spot, so he's giving Dion Waiters gummies. Also, Tyler Hero is young, so I'm assuming he knows the gummy game. I, I would assume Dion Waiters should know his gummy game too. I'm sure it's not his first time he's he's having some of this. So oh, gummy game, anyway, we'll find out. Anyway, so the funny thing about this gummy gummy story is. Dion Waiters uh, got suspended 10 games and he lost $800,000 or something because of uh, because of the suspension. So when you get suspended in the NBA, if you get suspended by your own team, they, you don't get paid for those games, obviously. But the funny thing is he also has something in his contract where if he made 70 games played this year, and he's playing, but he's just, you know, 
crappy. But if he made 70 games played this year, he'd make an extra 1.2 million. But because of the suspension, he has no chance to get that 70 games now. <laughs> so now he could, like, maybe if he had a decent year, he could have hit that 70 games played. He could come off the bench and play 70 games. Um, but because of this gummy, it has now cost him a potential $2 million. That is a very expensive gummy. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. That, that's, that's a good one. $2 million gummy bears. All right, there you go. Uh, yeah, so don't don't have gummies before you go on planes, guys. All right. Um, okay, uh, you had the Boston Celtics. Sorry, Eden, one. Are you, uh, what do you think of this this hot start for this oh. Eastern Con- Conference contender that, that we have to hear so much about all the time? I hate it. I don't like it. I don't like Boston Celtics. I don't like anything with Boston. But they're playing well. Got to give it to you. Gordon Hayward was finally looking like his group. Poor guy got injured, so that's unfortunate. But it has been an incredible, like, Kemba Walker is pretty fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't hate on the guy. Like, he's really good. Uh, Jason Tatum's, like, up and down. Like, again, it's not the consistency is not there. It's just way too up and down. He went one for 18 yesterday. I, when do you realize that, that I think after, like, after, like, X amount of shots, it's, it's okay. Just stop. Like, 18 no. So, so they said... They, I was watching the jump today and they were talking about it. Apparently, like, Kemba Walker was like, keep shooting, keep shooting. Because they were, like, good shots. Like, if you watch the if you watch the lowlights of it, I mean, he, he didn't play well, but he didn't shoot one for 18 bad. Like, some of them were just, like, rollers that just rolled off the rim. And, like, it's just, just bad luck. You, you don't, if you're an NBA player and you take 18 shots, it's pretty hard to go one for 18. Like, even if you, even if you had Marcus All take 18 shots... Which, It'll be 18 very slow shots. Yeah, I I would <laughs> I would love to see the shot chart of Marty Parkasol shooting oh, 18 God. shots. <laughs> Marty another he, thing. I think we've 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 hit uh, we're hitting uh, post everything Mark Gasol. Oh, he's he's looking a little washed. Out. He's playing good defense still. Like that's the thing. It doesn't lose like his intelligence and the fact that he's a massive dude doesn't lose like leave him. Incredible. It's incredible that he cuz he's not like as finesse as fast or as any other defenders out there. Yeah, yeah. But he does it really well. Good for I him. wish I wish you could do like hockey line changes where like a, when you when he passed halfway, he could like tag in Ibaka. Ibaka comes in, Ibaka runs in for <laughs> For offense, and then on the way back, he tags back Mark, and he he does he does defense. But so we, uh, we should have a tournament like that, four on four, right? Tournament like that, just like as soon as you cross half court, you got to <laughs> tag, right? You got to tag somebody in. Uh, once one person plays offense, one person plays defense. Yeah. yeah. So so like, yeah, I, I I don't generally the Celtics. I mean, I I watched the one game against the Raptors. I've seen <laughs> them periodically. Um, you know, just here and there, watching some of the games. They're good. They're not. I didn't think they were going to be like bad. I just don't think they're eight and one good. I, I think. I think they're going to come down to earth a little bit now. Hayward's out till Christmas at least, like or January. Um, yeah. So they're going to come down to, to earth a little bit. Um, I don't. I, they're they're the biggest issue with them that I they're still defending pretty well. It's just the interior. They've got nothing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like they're actually they're not bad though like interior i don't think it's that bad i don't think they're they're as bad as we think they are right i mean we, we always say enos canter enos canter but yeah. enos canter is not even like the big like he doesn't even play the big minutes now anymore 
Well, he's he's hurt right now, actually. Right. So he's not so, playing anything for them. So maybe, maybe that says more. I don't know. I guess they'll learn things about themselves when Hayward and, and Cantor are out now. We'll, we'll see. But I still don't think they're 8-1 good. I think the Bucks are still better than them. There's there, there's a player called Daniel Feast, Daniel Face or something I was watching. He's, yeah, yeah. He's good, man. He's good. He's fun to watch. Daniel Tice. 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 But Daniel Tice. Okay. All right. What's the last one? Andrew Wiggins is back. Tank for Wiggins. This is it. I've been trashing this man. I've been praising this man for the last three, four years. And he's finally delivering. He's actually playing well. Right? But when you look at his shot chart and everything like that, it's just he's, he's just he's just making his twos. He's taking a lot more twos. Uh, his shooting percentage is a little higher. And uh, he, everything else is almost consistent. Like, his rebounding is, like, you know, average in that sense. All he's doing is just making making shots and taking a little bit more shots in towards the fourth quarter. And he's been, like, in the highlight reel for yeah. a while. Right? So I, I think he's made some timely shots this year. And so the, the narrative on him is improving. He has had a better year than he has in the past. But he's been terrible in the past. And so it's there's nowhere to go but up. For him, yeah. um, I, so I looked at the numbers because I, I, we put this down as one of the items, and I was like, okay, let me look. Actually, look the numbers up. He's he's having like the first first of all, it's just ten games, but he's having a worse year than the average Demar Derozan year. Still, in this good year, like he's shooting like fifty five percent true shooting, and getting you three assists and five boards. How does he shoot only seventy two percent from the free throw line? Yeah, so that like, so I'm saying like all this hype about him, and it's ten games, and his ten games are still worse than uh, an average Demar Derozan year, like for a full year of Demar Derozan. Yeah, no, I think, but, so, but I think if he keeps this up, he'll be, he'll be something that that will improve over time. I just think the, his his mentality is watching Timberwolves games has been pretty good, pretty aggressive. You know, taking. Make going to the basket a little bit more, being a little bit more aggressive on the on the board. Obviously, you've got Cat yeah. who's like dominating, uh, but this has been fun to watch as well. All yeah, right. yeah. So I think I think I think he, if he could pull off a Demar Derozan year, that's great. Like that's way better than what he was before. Um, but I'm just saying, like it's ten games and he's not been like he's not been like LeBron James or anything like that. Okay, last quick topic: load management. Do you care? So there's a two way thing. All right. Uh, as a fan, I would hate it, right? And I'll tell you but why. But you're not a fan? I'm not a fan of load management. I'm a fan of load management uh-huh. only when... I'm a fan of load management. The only reason I know it, it worked because it helped Kawhi win us a championship. I see that point, right? It's really good for that. But if you're a fan paying top dollar to go watch Kawhi play at the Air Canada Center or, or Staples Center, whatever it is, and he's not playing and you don't know ahead of time before you buy the tickets and all that kind of stuff, that's unfair for the fan. That's really not mm. cool, though, right? And I, th- the same point I didn't like last year as well when they were doing that. If you're going to announce that he's going to do low management XYZ games, you got to let people know way ahead of time before they make their ticket purchase. Just what I'm saying. I know it's tough, but you got to. There's got to be some sort of like give and take, and it's unfortunate because you've got a lot of. The reason it's unfortunate because you've got ticket prices are not cheap at all. Like it's pretty expensive to go watch uh-huh. these guys. Yeah. You're paying yeah. like hundred bucks a person, and if you're like a family of four or your family, you're taking your kids out, or you're going to watch them. A lot of kids want to see the superstars, right? They're enamored by the superstar talent. They want to go see them play, and they're not playing there. That's a lot of dollars just gone not watching the superstar. I get it. Fans of the team 
are okay with it because they're like, hey, we want to go. We, we care about the end goal, the, the championship. But you still mm-hmm. need everyday fans to go and support the team, right? And that's where I think it's like, it's it's a concept that's very. I think it only relates to Kawhi. I don't think any other team does it. I think you'll probably read Zion Williamson's probably going to get load managed. No, more teams are going to do it. More teams are going to start doing it now because the Toronto showed them that it was it was valuable. Right, it's effective, yeah. right? So yeah. I just hope it doesn't become a thing or the NBA does something about it because. And it, I'm happy it's making making a lot of noise because it's in LA. If it was in Toronto, not, no no one other than Raptor fans cared. Uh, I think I think last year I think it would have mattered. That's I think this narrative is not true. I, I, if if Toronto did load management to the extent that it did it last year again this year, yeah, the narrative wouldn't have been that loud as it is because it's in LA. But I think it would have mattered last year. I think Toronto got a huge pass on it. A because they were winning, and Clippers are not going to win. I don't think as at the rate that the Raptors won without Kawhi, even with Paul George. Um, and B, I think because he was coming off a major injury. And so everybody was like, okay, it's fine in this case. But now he, he played 80 plus games for the Raptors. And, and now it's going to become harder to justify the load management stuff. So this week, they've got two games back to back again. So he's going to sit on one of them. And one of them is nationally televised. I think the one against the Rockets is nationally televised. Is that the one Tuesday, so, Wednesday or Thursday? I think that's the first one. The first one. So who knows when PG's going to come back? That's another issue. PG's coming back on Thursday. They said Thursday? Yeah. Already? The reports, okay. yeah, reports are saying Pelicans, right? I think the Pelicans. Yeah. So so I don't... In any case, it, this this is going to be a... Like, I think it's going to be an issue going forward. If, if they know load management is an issue only on back-to-backs. They can try to remove back-to-backs, but that's hard, obviously, over the over the 82-game season, but they can try. But I think I think teams are going to find, they're going to be like, you know what? We don't care, we don't care, we don't care. And so what's going to start happening is the non... The, the fans of the non-nationally televised teams. So, like, let's say you're a fan in Charlotte and you really love Kawhi Leonard and you pay a lot of money because Charlotte even has dynamic pricing, and so the Kawhi Leonard games are going to be more expensive. You pay that much for them. Now they're the ones who are going to be affected the most. And so all those fans in Charlotte or in in Minnesota or whatever, like all these other cities that are not on TV very much, New York, whatever, they're going to start getting affected because because you're going to be banned from from load managing on nationally te- televised games. So I don't know. They got to get a handle on it. I, I don't personally care as a as a fan of just watching on TV, but I agree with you. If you pay a lot of money to go watch one big deal player and doesn't end up paying, playing, then it sucks. So, yep. uh, what do we got this week? So this week we have three games. We're going to tape again on on Tuesday. Uh, we're just going to tape where it makes sense now. So we've got Wednesdays at Blazers. Already announced that OG won't play that game. Saturday at the Mavs. Uh, who knows who's going to play that game? And then Monday, uh, Charlotte at home. So what do you got this week? I got a win against the Blazers, uh, a loss against the Mavs, and a win against Charlotte. That's what I got. I got. So just give you a recap. Last week I was I had I had a win against the Kings, which worked. Win against the Pelicans, a loss, a win against the Lakers, and a loss against the Clippers. So kind of went like. Oh, I went I went perfect last week. I didn't yeah. even realize it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is, man. I didn't even realize it. Um, I got I got loss win win. So I think they're going to lose against the Blazers tomorrow. 
I'm hoping OG will be back by Saturday with some killer goggles um, to guard Luca. Uh, I'm excited to see Mavs because uh, I haven't really watched a lot of their games this year. And everybody keeps talking. Yeah, I mean, I expected it, though. He's coming off a major injury, but Luca's apparently a lot of fun to watch. And so I'd like to see him. Um, love to see him on national TV more than all the uh, Pelicans games I have to watch. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Hopefully, uh, Luca. Also, I am actually going to be in uh, San Francisco this week. And on Friday, I was looking at, I don't have anything to do on Friday, and I was looking up some spots, and I was like, the Golden State Warriors are playing host to the Boston Celtics on Friday night. I was wondering, should I go or not? Why, why are you? Are you going for work or fun? No, I'm going for work. Oh, yeah, you should definitely go. Uh, what are the tickets like? You know what the problem is? The tickets are still going to be expensive. It was like, I think it was like 84 US dollars. Yeah, that's expensive. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, I don't want to see 84 dollars yeah, like D'Angelo dude. Russell play. I know, it's just like the D'Angelo Russell, Russell show. It's not... I mean, yeah. the only thing is you actually have a rooting interest. You can probably, like, root against Boston. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't – I mean, it's 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 San Francisco. It's going to be expensive uh, regardless, right? And they've got – they probably got so much – like, they've got so much residual money from – like, people bought probably season tickets and everything because they were so good and nobody expected it to fall apart this quickly. So – I don't think there's a lot of availability for tickets because of that. Who knows, so, man? They built they built a new stadium. That's also Friday night, so Friday night's a prime night, right? So it'll be interesting. So when are you there till? I'm there like Sunday morning. So Sunday morning, I fly back into Toronto. Okay. So okay, you- yeah. So I'll probably watch the Mavs game there as well. I'll watch the Blazers and Mavs in uh, SF. Blazers. Oh, I'm you're there. I'm leaving, are you? I'm leaving tomorrow morning at like five. Oh, okay. So yeah, you get to watch at seven o'clock. I have to stay up till ten. <laughs> ah, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I am excited for this. Okay. Okay. Cool. Only have a safe flight, and then we will tape next Tuesday. See you God guys. Bless. See ya.